Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Hey friends, it's been a while. How you doing? How are you holding up? I've really missed being in touch with you via the podcast, and I'm thinking of you and sending love. Speaking of love, if you are listening to this in real time, I know, what is real time anyway? I mean, if you are listening to this on October 26th, 2020, then I'm excited to tell you that tomorrow, on October 27th, we are going to begin releasing episodes of the Declaration of Love audio anthology. Now, if you were listening last summer in 2019, you may remember that Artist Soapbox released two episodes of the Master Builder audio drama then, and this is kind of like that. We'll be releasing 11 short episodes over four days, so you'll have an audio drama interlude between the interviews and conversations that you usually expect from Artist Soapbox. This episode is a conversation between me and the co-producer of Declaration of Love, Aurelia Belfield. Aurelia was also a producer on the new Colossus audio drama that we released earlier this year, and that was a big job. But with Declaration of Love, she took on even more, directing six of the 11 episodes, acting in one, and handling many behind-the-scenes details as co-producer. I am so grateful for her partnership in this project. She is a wonder. The 25-minute conversation you're about to hear is kind of a behind-the-scenes preview of what you can expect from the Declaration of Love anthology. Also, it was just an opportunity for the two of us to reflect on the process. Since we've been so in it, we haven't had much opportunity to talk about it. We also wanted to express our gratitude for the artists involved. I'll read our marketing blurb for one last bit of context, and then I'll slide you right into our casual conversation. Enjoy, friends, and be well. Love in space, at the seashore, in the backyard. Love in the future, 100 years ago, and right this very moment. Love between family, friends, and lovers. Broken love, silly love, healing love. It's all in here. The Declaration of Love Project. 11 original audio pieces written by North Carolina playwrights. Co-producers Aurelia Belfield and Tamara Kassane of Artist Soapbox commissioned 11 North Carolina playwrights to craft short audio scenes based on the prompt Declaration of Love. Though the resulting original pieces span the gamut in style, setting, and content, they all spark our emotions and unleash our imagination through story and sound. Recorded remotely by local actors, the finished scenes have been lightly sound designed by David Hill and will be released to the public October 27th through 30th. Enjoy. Hello, Aurelia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so fun to be with you 
on Zencaster, Zoom is usually Zoom and the texting is usually our thing. Yeah, Zencaster um, is a new thing for the two of us to be on together. Right, because we've been on Zencaster with like every other human, but not together at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about we talk to listeners about the upcoming release of the Declaration of Love audio anthology? Let's talk about it. So do you want to take the first question of what is it? Sure, sure, sure. It is an 11-piece anthology of short, which we have categorized as less than 10-minute audio dramas, fully realized as much as we possibly can in quarantine. Um, 11 local to the North Carolina area playwrights and a bunch of also local actors. Just all the goodness of the state. Yes. And they all got the same writing prompt, which was declaration of love. You mentioned the time limit. And then I think we also limited them to one or two voices. One of the pieces ended up squeaking out a third voice, but it was um, limited number of actors, limited length, and then the writing prompt. And that was kind of it, right? I don't think we gave any other... That was it. That was it. It was really a choose-your-own-adventure situation. Mm -hmm. I was looking back over the timeline of this and marveling at how quickly this project came together because it's like a four-month process. In mid-June, we decided to do it. Then in July, we got the playwrights on board and they had three weeks to write something. Then in like July, August, we got the actors on board and then started recording. All of the recording was finished by the end of September, and now we're releasing at the end of October. Yes. Oh, it's like lightning. Yeah, it was pretty fast. It's amazing I, what can happen when everyone's stuck at home. Yeah, right. I was thinking about like, why was this so speedy and efficient? And I think part of it was that people were just a little bit more available to do things. I I remember the giant master calendar that you put together with all of these people. It was such an undertaking. It was, you know, we had about 30 people involved in this. And then we met with each episode three times. So we had one read through, one rehearsal, and then the recording. But then we had to figure out times for all of those people to get together. It was quite it was quite a thing. And so I think people were more available. But I also think it had something to do with the length of the pieces. Everything was sort of bite-sized, you know? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Because then we sort of limited our rehearsal time blocks to two hours at the max. So I think that also made people feel a little bit more inclined to want to do it. Right. And because it was audio, they didn't have to memorize anything, not their lines, not their blocking. I mean, people definitely worked in between the read-through and the rehearsals and the recording. The actors worked on their own. The playwrights did some revisions. But it was a fairly low, we hope, a fairly low-stress opportunity for people. And they didn't even have to leave their homes to do it. Yeah, that was the wonderful part. We had a floating microphone that just sort of went hither tither. Thanks to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I should say something about that because the funny part is that I bought four microphones and a remote recorder. I think it was at the beginning of this year or maybe at the end of last year. I got a grant for a project and the circumstances around the project kind of changed. So I decided to use the money from the grant to buy 
these four microphones and some other recording equipment because I wanted to do a whole bunch of live events in 2020. And I wanted to record all of the events and then release them as podcasts. So I was like, I need all these microphones. We're going to have panels. We're going to do all this stuff. And then of course, COVID hit. And so now there are no live events. <laughs> and the microphones were just like sitting, mocking me in my, you know, in my spare room. And this project came up. Some of the actors did have mics of their own at home and some didn't. And so you're right. We had to like come up with a microphone schedule of like how to get microphones safely to different people based on the recording dates. And sometimes I was driving them and sometimes the actors were driving them and everything had to be like wiped down. And it was exciting for me to be able to use those mics because I was really sad that they weren't meeting their intended purpose for the year. And they still came in you know, really handily to help us get better sound quality. Yeah, they put in a lot of hours, those microphones. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> what do you think people can expect from listening to these oh, different boy. pieces? Oh, <laughs> A lot. They can expect a lot. They can expect a really wide range of voices and perspectives for sure. They can expect some comedy. They can expect some drama. They can expect a lot of fun. Yeah. And they can expect 11 really high quality pieces. There really is something for everyone, which was so delightful because I don't know about you, but when we put this prompt out there, I was thinking like, oh, we're going to have. 11 pieces that are really similar, you know? And so, uh, but, but that's not been the case at all. I mean, they really span the gamut and even from wildly different. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And even from a sound design perspective, like, so the piece that I wrote is really spare. I think I have one sound effect in the whole piece and that's the dice being thrown. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of the other pieces, they're almost scored like a film, you know? And so it really, it's a very interesting variety. It really is. When I say something for everybody, like that is the the whole truth. I can't say everyone's going to love everything, but I can say that everyone is going to love something. So this is a two-part question, and you can choose your own part you want to answer. I'm curious about anything you learned from this as either executive producer or director, because you did a gazillion things. I just want to say that into the universe right now. You covered so many bases on this project. It is It boggles the mind. Not only did you produce, but you also directed. You were in a piece um, for the Clayton Center event. You were doing videos. Like was, <laughs> there's so many things that you did. So What were some learnings that you took away and what were some things that you, that you loved about this process? I learned iMovie. (laughs) (laughs) I learned a lot. I learned a lot about scheduling and just like the whole process of, of producing a piece from start to finish in a really hands-on sort of way. Because I do like, I do this sort of project management in my day to day, Mm -hmm. but there is such a web of people that all have their things to do that uh, this was my first time sort of doing most of it myself and trying to figure out what that looked like and, and how that went. I learned that I could write a play in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I learned that I am more capable than I expected to be for sure. Well, I'm really proud of 
what we have made together, not just you and me, but also this community of artists who, you know, created just some amazing art in a in challenging circumstances. And the fact that it does revolve around this idea of, you know, of love, I think is a message that I needed to hear at this time for sure. And it just reminded me again how talented people are here and how committed to this community I am. Absolutely. I agree 1000%. And on top of that, what I will say is I really enjoyed this and was so proud of everyone in part because this was an opportunity for us to sort of put these folks out in the world Mm -hmm. because I know that we are very spoiled here in our community. There is an embarrassment of riches for sure. And I think we all know that, but everybody doesn't know that. And I think that everybody should. That's true because for many people, I mean, these pieces can be heard around the world, which does feel really different than sort of our local experience that we're that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's all over the place. And I think that these pieces were done at a quality that I don't know that people would have expected coming out of North Carolina, but I think that it's something that they should start expecting because I knew, you know, we were capable of doing this kind of work because we've done this kind of work in the past. I love that. I was thinking about some of my favorite moments and I was thinking back to the Zoom meeting that we had with the playwrights. Yes. It was one night in like August, I think, and part of it was revealing the cast, but it was also sort of talking about the project and getting everybody really excited about it. And it was just so nice to see everyone's faces. And I was worried that during this process for this piece, because it was all done remotely, that we weren't going to feel that kind of closeness and connection that I often associate you know, with doing theater here in the triangle. And that was one moment when I looked out at the faces on my computer and I felt super connected to people and, and super excited to create something together. And I also felt that same way when we were at the Clayton Center and we could see the scrolling comments from the stage. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That was so amazing because I think with audio dramas and with things that are done online, so often you feel like you're shouting out into nothing. Like there's nobody on the other side giving any instant feedback. There's maybe not anybody even listening. And so as a theater person, I crave that instantaneous like feedback <laughs> loop. Um, and with audio drama, I don't always get it. But in those two moments, it was the best of both worlds because I was creating this these audio pieces that I really love to create. And I also felt connected to real people out there in the world. It was so awesome. Yes, especially now, like when that kind of connection is few and far between. And we've sort of found a way to make the make the internet the town square mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's pretty effective. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with everybody's work. And to do this kind of work in such a stressful time, we all had a million and five things going on. I mean, we're not just at home on spring break. This is this right. is a pandemic and people really showed up and put their hearts into this thing amidst any sort of personal dealings that they may have had going on. Yeah. And folks were really patient 
when the technology went sideways, as it inevitably did, like every time we got, well, at least for me, every time I got on the computer with people, it was, you know, at least 10 minutes of trying to figure out the mics and is this recording? And and people were really patient and flexible about, you know, doing these takes and working in a different way where they couldn't see one another, where they were doing voice acting that they're not all used to doing. And the playwrights were equally as flexible when we said like, you know, actually, I'm not sure this is going to play in audio. Can you make these tweaks? They totally were on board. Yes, it was just such a, it was a lovely collaborative experience, especially like I say this about voice acting all the time, but it's great in a way where you can sort of treat like sports where Mm. you can get your own play by play. Like you can go and look at the film while you're in the middle of doing the thing and decide like, okay, do I want to change this? Do I like how this sounds? Do I want to go in a different direction? Is this working? And you don't have to wait for the piece to be done. That's right. Because we would record the read through and the rehearsal and then send the actors the audio so they could listen, like watching the play play by play and then make adjustments before we did the recording. Yes. And I think from all of the actors that I've spoken with, they found that to be really helpful and a resource that, you know, normally wouldn't be available to them under normal uh, theater circumstances. Yeah. And even if it was, I'm not sure I would want to watch myself no. do something. It, it feels like it would make me really self-conscious when I was on stage, but I don't know. I feel like that might be something that I personally might just need to get over because I can't tell you now how many times I've heard my voice and it always makes me feel a little weird, but yeah. it also helps. Like <laughs> You get used to it and you get used to it. And then I think you get into a zone of, okay, I have to do this. Does this work or doesn't it work? And I, but I think that was also a function of directing all these pieces between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for me at serving as a performer and as a director, like going back and having to listen to myself and having to work on a bunch of other pieces at the same time, I uh, learned how to be very unprecious about the way my own voice sounds. <laughs> right. And I don't know about for you, but definitely for me, I got a lot more efficient as time went on yes. about how to make it work in a short amount of time. And say words, I, I don't know if the actors are going to agree with me when I say this, but to say the words that helped to clarify what I was trying to go for rather than spend, you know, five minutes searching around trying to make it work just because I am used to directing face to face, even for New Colossus and Master Builder, I was in the room with the actors, but not not in this case. Yeah, I think that's that was a, a really interesting and different thing. And learning, like everybody has a different learning style. And you sort of, when you're directing something, you have to adapt to each actor's learning style so that you can both get the result that you want. But, you know, when we were doing New Colossus in the studio, that was something that went more in a traditional route where it was face-to-face and we were doing things that we would normally do for a uh, play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here it was, uh, it was a little bit different. This medium is definitely adaptable, but it was a journey to find everybody's learning style when you couldn't be face to face in the room with them. Cause I definitely had a couple that I ended up bringing in a video element to it. Like we hopped on zoom or Google meet because they just responded like the actor's 
in certain pieces just responded so much better to just seeing a face. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's a good point to make that everybody that we worked with for this is not necessarily a voiceover actor. For some people, it was their first time doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about. That's going to be part of our conversation when all of this is over and released, you know, things we would do the same and things we would do different. And, you know, perhaps having a Zoom rehearsal might feel really good to the actors so they can see each other or it could be an option or not. I don't know. It's something to consider. Yeah. I mean, it's available to us. And I think, you know, there's a, there is a pretty steep learning curve on this for anyone because it's like all things considered, nobody's ever done this before. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a good point to make. And it's just, that was just part of the learning process of this whole shebang where by the time I figured that out, it was like, okay, I figured it out. And so now I can use it again for next time. That moment was not a man, I should have known this the whole time. It was a, oh, okay. Um, Some people can work in this medium in this way. And some people don't get that much of a benefit from it. So how can we change it? And how can we change it on the spot? Like that was a big thing with the truncated amount of time that we had. Um, It was, okay, how can we fix this right now? Yeah, because even if we did three or five takes. It was only three or five takes. Like it wasn't eight weeks of rehearsal and you know what I mean? Like doing things 50 times or a hundred times. It was a limited number of recording. Yeah. And it's, and it's, uh, especially for folks that it was their first time performing like this, it is a different thing from theater where every performance you expect to be different. Right. Um, and in this medium, it's like, I, if I tell you that I like something, <laughs> I need you to do it again. I need you to do it again the same way because I might be cutting together several different takes. Right. Right. Yes. That kind of consistency, it, it has a different feel to it. It's like, no, no, keep, keep that. Like never <laughs> change it. <laughs> I did a lot of like, okay, that was really great. How did you feel when you did that? Cause mm-hmm. I want you to remember that feeling in your body and carry it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to have more conversations with you about directing and tips that you would have for me, uh, because I think that will help me to get better as well. I love um, tips. I will accept any and all tips. <laughs> tips are welcome. Tips are welcome. Is there anything else that you think that people should either know about the process or the behind the scenes or, you know, prepare themselves for? Prepare to be interested. Uh, but what, what I will say on a, I guess not a truly serious note, uh, who, who takes themselves seriously anymore? <laughs> I think it's important to point out what we're bringing to the table in terms of the diversity, equity, inclusion conversation, because I do think that with this project, we are making a lot of strides. And when I say making strides, it's not like we weren't doing it before, but it just seems that much more pertinent now um, in making art that reflects the kind of art that we want to see out in the, in the universe. Yes. Uh, our cast is, you know, racially, ethnically diverse, gender diversity, diversity of sexual orientation with our performers, our writers, and in the pieces themselves. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I'm really proud of that. And I'm I'm really proud that people got paid, not with their worth by yeah. any stretch, but that, you know, people got a little something for their yeah. labor. And everybody I hope- managed. 
Yeah, yeah. People got something for their labor and I hope they got I hope they got some knowledge and some experience that will be helpful and I hope that people listen and and hire the folks that we worked with to do mm-hmm. more work cuz they're mm-hmm. amazing. Yes, yeah. they're fantastic and I think that's a big thing too probably to bring up in terms of process. Like we paid folks what we were able to pay them, but when we were sussing out what our production schedule was going to look like, we kept that in mind. We said we can only afford to pay them this much, so we are not going to hold a bunch of their time. Right. We're not going to keep them on a string for, you know, four weeks when we can't afford to pay them what they're worth for four weeks. So I think that was an important thing to keep in mind. And I think you can expect a lot of genre bending. There's a lot Mm. of genres going on. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of cross genre iterations. There's, it's interesting stuff. It's interesting stuff. You want family dramas. We got it. You want rom-coms. We got those too. You want um, space. We got a bunch of space. We got got some sci-fi going on. We got mermaids. We got it Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. I would like to think of this as like, if modern love met the twilight zone a little bit. (laughs) I think that I think that's it. We've done it. <laughs> we we have. We've done it. It's modern love meets the twilight zone or you know modern love meets black mirror something something like that. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you and I will continue to thank you over and over again for being a true partner in this project for all of the work that you have done and and will do because it's not, we're recording this before we are releasing it. So we still have (laughs) many miles to go before we sleep, but I really, really appreciate you. I appreciate your artistry. I appreciate your ability to seek out quality work within the boundaries of what we can do. And you know, to continue to learn and grow. I feel like I've learned a lot just by working with you. So thank you so much. I am just glad that you asked. (laughs) So yeah, thank you for bringing me into this space and trusting me with this work. It goes 100% both ways. Thanks so much for listening. For more information, please see the show notes and artistsoapbox.org. You can also listen to the six episodes of our new scripted audio fiction piece, The New Colossus, at the new colossus podcast.com. Thanks so much. <laughs>